Good evening, friends. Welcome to an episode of Perfect in Love with John and Kim. I'm John. And I'm Kim. And we're home! Back recording from our house for the first time since September. Woo! You sound excited. Well, yeah. No one wants to listen to a boring bore. I will say it's not the house that we anticipated or hoped for the recording to be in, but... Well, soon, 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 soon and very are. soon, we are going to move from this house. Um, yeah, so we're back. You all have had a chance to see, um, and if you haven't, you need to go back and listen. We've recorded three episodes that are uploaded, three episodes that we recorded while we were on our trip, um, detailing and outlining the front half of our Holy Land, Not Holy Land trip. And uh, tonight, we figured we'd kind of continue along with that. We're getting into the good stuff. At least in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like this is where the trip like started. Yeah. Um, which was kind of cool because it was really a bonus stop or a substitute stop. Um, so this stop was in Bodrum, Turkey was the port. And I'm not even going to pretend that I knew that Bodrum, <laughs> Turkey was a place. Um, gobble, gobble. Yeah, well, I knew Turkey oh. is a place. Um, Which but, they don't call it Turkey. Know. It's Turk. How did she say it? Turkey A? Turkey A or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she still calls it Turkey. The guy did. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say it's okay. Okay. And she was, one of, in my opinion, one of the better guides we had, too. So. Um, Wait, this was a guy. This was a guy. Okay, yeah, that was the next turkey guide was the lady. It was the lady. This first one was the was the guy we had. Yeah, and he was okay. Bodrum, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but but he the one well you said she, she's the one who told us about why they oh, what they call it. It okay. wasn't him. All right, my he, bad. He never told us. He just left us to say it wrong. Well. And he called me fat. He which, did and I have a picture of it. <laughs> which I am. But butthead. You know, like we're <laughs> paying for you to live um i don't even remember how that <laughs> conversation started but you got on the bus and said he basically just called me back yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, yeah a story for another time so yeah this stop was bodrum turkey but the we didn't do anything in bodrum really we got on the bus and they drove us to Miletus, which um used to be in uh New Testament days, it's still technically New Testament days, um, back in, you know, early first century AD was a very important port city. Um, now the, the sea is at least, I think they think at least 10 kilometers away, um, enough buildup of sediment and things kind of filled things in gradually. And over time, you know, the land has changed and it's shifted away. Um, but biblically, uh, it was a very relevant and important place. And it was a really cool tour. Um, at the end of this episode, we've actually got a recording of the uh, message we received. Uh, I don't know. Did you record the worship tour? No. Uh, part of it, yeah. Because it's two separate segments. We okay. won't, probably won't be able to tell that in the recording. But yeah, I recorded some of the worship. Um, we had Adam Hamilton, which we've talked about him in prior episodes. But... We were actually in this theater 
um, in Miletus where he is like an amphitheater. So he was at the bottom and we were all sitting on these, like, for lack of better words, stone benches um, where he um, had everybody's um, whisper microphones from our guides. And he gave us a message um, while we were standing there in, I believe that's where Paul, they think Paul addressed part so of. Miletus is where Paul addressed the leaders of the, um, yeah. of the Ephesus yep. church on his last missionary journey before returning to Jerusalem and getting arrested. Um, probably wasn't in that theater. Um, it was likely um, okay, but in it was a different in... part of the little port, you know, city yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Um, he addressed us in the theater. I guess yeah. I misunderstood, but regardless, yeah. It was pretty a pretty cool. The theater is one of the the most intact things still standing, and and is the it was, it was the the big theater in the area, which is, um, you know, would have been for, I guess, music festival type things. Yeah. It would have been for okay. yeah. different events, things like that. Um, not likely for somebody who got chased out of everywhere he ever preached, which would have been yeah, Paul. fair, okay. Um, but I don't think I don't think Adam ever directly addressed that, and neither did the guide. So it would have been fair to assume, being that we met in there, that the theater was the place that he would have done that. Yeah. Um, it was cool. Jeff was showing me some, um, and I actually picked some up, some pieces of pottery and some things that were around, you know, in that space that was really cool. We seen. Um, at one point, just a bunch of um, livestock and stuff just wandering around. There was one picture I just posted last night as our little, you know, uh, catch on this episode. And it looks like it's just part of it just looks like it's desert. Like it, yeah. we, when we were walking up to the Stone City, like it just looks like you're walking in desert, which is kind of bizarre to me. I mean, it, it's similar to that type yeah. of climate there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely a warmer um climate than than what we get here which is why they can grow all those beautiful olive trees and you pomegranate to take trees. Home. i want an olive tree so stinking bad they're so cool they're so nice um but we got pomegranate tree yeah those are cool too but anyway we, we had to walk around all the ruins there and um check out you know the old uh, uh greek or roman greek uh baths um I guess it depends on the time you're talking about. It could be Greek or Roman, but um, and uh, the little theater, and for one, just to see how intact some of these structures still are after mm -hmm. over two thousand years. You know, the arches, the stone arches that are just by design and the way they're held together, you know, using basically just gravity, uh, is amazing. Yeah, uh, we can't, you know, get a road around here to stay nice for three years without being resurfaced mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that theater for being over 2000 years old i mean that bench was in better shape than uh, the theater seats in the auditorium of the school we grew up in probably after being redone you know five or six years yeah yeah they were very slippery though and so like a lot of our um Travel companions, some of them stayed up at the top, towards yeah. the top, because it was very slippery. It's a lot of marble. And yeah. um, as one of the guides pointed out, not to be terribly impressed with all the marble everywhere, because it's a very natural resource for them. That's what's available and what they have a lot of. So that was actually the guide the following day as mm -hmm. well, not, not Bodrum guide. 
Yeah. Um, so at any rate, um, normally I would share the, the message that Paul gave in my Miletus um, from Acts in our podcast episode, if we were going to be talking about this and covering this. However, Adam does a really good job of doing it and recording and did it there. So I think if we're going to upload that with it, I'm just going to let Adam do the talking. Also, I'm going to be preaching on it on Sunday. So, Also, I'm going to say <laughs> that I felt like a brilliant, smart person when I was like, hey, I'm going to take my whisper and I'm going to put it up in the microphone on my phone and voice record this. So um, you'll get brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, can you believe it? <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> inside joke. But anyway, um, so you'll get this recording and then you'll get the one when we talk about um, stuff from Ephesus. And then there's one Corinth. and then there's one that we have recorded from Corinth. Um, the audio is a little shaky. We're trying to get that cleaned up a little bit, but I did that basically in every stop going forward in our trip, just because it, it was so valuable that like valuable information. We did have videos and things that we talked about in the last episode, um, that if we can pull that audio, we'll upload it different, you know, about our, um, experience in, um, Adam talking about the Palestinians and, um, Israelis and all that stuff going on in, in, um, Israel. But these voice recordings actually made it a lot easier for us to upload them on the episode. So, yeah. So um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about what you thought about this day on the trip. And then I got a kind of a summary thing that I want to talk about that um, I don't recall Adam having in his uh, message. Um, side note, we also went to the Temple of Apollo that day. Yep, we did, which uh, I've kind of got a tie in for that. But okay. Um, and then we'll we'll let you listen to what Adam had to say. Uh, I think it was really good. He really summarizes this part of the Bible coming to life for us in a, in a good way. And hopefully it kind of helps you make you feel like you're there a little bit. Um, again, this wasn't a place we planned on being or going. But if you ever get the opportunity, I would encourage you to do so. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. So I know you you had a good time picking up the clay pottery and doing that. Um, what else about this day sticks out to you that you really enjoyed, didn't enjoy, you know? Um, I think, and I don't even know that you know that I have it, but I snapped a picture of you when during the worship part of oh, the yeah. recording <laughs> that that was the first time I had actually really seen you have some peace while we were on this trip because I know this was not, it wasn't something that I like I wanted it too, but it was something that you really wanted. And so to see you so discouraged throughout the trip because of things that you couldn't control and then looking over at you and this being the first time that I could really see you in worship and you actually like being filled with peace was kind of one of the moments that I'll remember because mm -hmm. it was just, I had seen you so stressed out up to this point that seeing you finally like, figure out why we were doing this trip. Like it's just an image I'll have in my mind for a long time. So that's, hmm. that's the thing that kind of sticks out right away. You know, it's funny that that's the thing that, that you point out because that's kind of what I was going to uh, touch on at least a little bit, not necessarily that specific second or that picture, but 
this was the point in the trip where I did finally um, kind of started hearing God for what he would have me hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anybody happened to uh, watch your recording or was at church of my sermon last week, um, I talked about this a little bit, but I didn't give the detail of when that happened in the trip. And it, and it was here. Mm-hmm. So if you listened and you're like, oh, that was that. Um, yep. And it was really walking around when we were on the tour before we got into the theater and got into the message. And what really hit me was, man, you look around that terrain and you walk around there and you know you're in the footsteps of where Paul was and where Paul was telling people the gospel for the first time. It was the first time they ever heard it. Yeah. You know, and it was groundbreaking and changing and really blasphemous to a lot of them in a lot of ways. Because, I mean, there were other, worshiping other gods and their idols and things wasn't just a thing. It was prevalent. It was a way of life. It was expected. It was almost, you know, it was law at some points in some places. So, you know, for him to, to go around and do that, and I don't think that's a revelation in itself. If you read the Bible, you know that. But being there and being on that drive in the bus even, and just seeing that terrain and seeing how developed it is now, 2,000 years later. Yeah. And going, he walked. What did you say something about? Is, over 10,000 10, miles is what, what, is yeah. what most scholars think yeah. on his missionary journeys. And you think, you know, he didn't have Sketcher's memory foam <laughs> brand new. They had shoes. Yeah. You know, he didn't have a luxury cruise ship to go back to and soak in a hot tub and an air-conditioned room and a buffet to go sit in and, and midnight pizza. <laughs> midnight pizza. <laughs> you know, like... We, we were the hooligans that did that. Yeah. Anyway. You know, so he walked most of this. And when he wasn't walking, he was getting shipwrecked in whatever boat he had with whatever people would he could get to go with him to go to these places mm-hmm. because he was supposed to do it and because he had so much faith and love and appreciation for what God did for us and believed it so much in his heart. Yeah. You know, he was right before this address and right before this space. I mean, he just went through several years, not only of all that travel and the difficulty in that, but of just straight up persecution. You know, if you read in Acts, he got stoned to death. (laughs) They believed to death. I mean, they thought they were dragging his dead corpse outside of the city. Um, Miraculously, he regained consciousness and and then carried on and still did this. Yeah. And so it was walking around there in those ruins where it's like, wow, you know. Paul did this just because it's what God sent him to do. And how many times have I laid in bed on a Sunday morning when I'm just too tired to get up and go worship? Or I don't want to go deal with this person. Or this person hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. And it was a conviction with peace at the same time of, these stories are real. This book is alive. You have all the conveniences and all the advantage in the world to be able to carry out my word, 
to do my will and to glorify me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we oh go ahead. I say and just so to have that moment of worship and that opportunity to be there. And I was the only one that stood in worship. You were the, probably the only one that could besides me. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one. And so many times in my life, I would have just sat down. But it was just right. And it was super cool. Um, I was going to say, like, since uh, being home, and there's been a couple days that we've slacked on it, or me, I should mm-hmm. say. I shouldn't speak for you. But, like, we've started a Bible study or a devotion series in the Bible app about the journeys of Paul and like reading the scriptures now versus before when we went on this trip and we can actually visit, visualize these places. And I think that was kind of the intent, obviously with wanting to go to Israel from, from jump street. But like now you read some of these scriptures with Paul and you're like, Oh, like, and you can kind of, you know, actually visualize where he was, what he was doing, like what the terrain looks like, like all that, all of that like basically comes to life. And we talked about that, I think in the last episode on, yeah, you know, it being almost like the fifth gospel and it just like jumping and coming to life a little bit better. So it, that's kind of cool to read back into scripture and go, Oh, okay. Now I get it. So. Yeah. And that's, and so I won't, like I said, I won't go through and I'm not going to read the whole story in the scripture because Adam does a great job with that. And so you're about to hear that. Um, he summarizes it well, too. Um, I guess the only thing I'll do is I'll just say, so he's in Miletus. He's sailed here, bypassed going back to Ephesus, and he's called the leaders of the Ephesus church to meet him in Miletus. Um, and basically what he's trying to do is he's trying to stay out of Asia, out of further persecution, because he's in a hurry to get back to Jerusalem uh, before, I believe, before Pentecost. And it's believed that this will be the last time they'll see him. Um, everyone has widely um, felt called, felt believed, and, and knows that he, if he goes to Jerusalem or when he gets to Jerusalem, because he's going to go, he's going to get arrested. Um, and, and, you know, that's going to be it. So, and in the meantime, he's trying to take up a huge collection and finish that up. Um, for Jerusalem because of, uh, I believe, famine that they've had there. And so you get to hear about some early uh, early church, first century uh, missionary, um, like mission collections work and, and donations and, and helping other places, which is kind of cool because we're getting into a season where you see that all over the place right now mm-hmm. with us actually sending money to Israel, ironically. Um, but also, you know, Operation Christmas Child happens this time of year, Salvation Army stuff, Red Cross stuff, you'll see all over the place, all that kind of stuff. You know, this dates way, 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 way back to the start of the church. Right. So. Right. Um, I mentioned earlier that that was the day that we went to see the um, Temple of Apollo, too, which you weren't super thrilled with. But I think it was Jeff that made a great point in saying, you know, it's a temple of Apollo, yada, yada, yada. But that's exactly what Paul was trying to preach, like, yes. against. Like, that's not the right word I want to use. But, like, you know, that's what they were worshiping at the time. And so those were the ruins of this is what they thought their gods were. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I, that's what Paul was preaching to show yes. a difference. Well, I, I think what you're trying to, to summarize and what Jeff was trying to say was that this really shows us what Paul was up against in spreading the gospel and how important it was that he was getting the, yeah. the church out there. Yep. And and I was in my head, I kind of looked at it. 
and we can really talk about that a lot more, I think, with um, the stories in Corinth and Athens, um, where he was, you know, the place that we actually listened to Adam there in Corinth is where Paul was basically tried um, against spreading the gospel and and basically blasphemy against their God and their mm -hmm. idol and, yeah. and hurting their business there. So, yeah. And you're right. Like, I wasn't super excited about going and seeing the temple to Apollo or any of that stuff, really. But once Jeff summed that up and I started realizing it, it was neat to see how how big of a deal that was and how huge that was and real that was mm -hmm. to so many people. And yet Paul still stood in the face of that. Right. And talked about the one true God. Right. And right after we went to go see the temple, that was our first cultural lunch. <laughs> yeah. You're not favorite which, meal ever. No, which I was forever thankful that I had a granola bar in my bag that I snacked on the bus um you know too much though now you've worked in food service yes so <laughs> be thankful you're not in turkey if oh, you're in it's a, probably not all if, that like that if you're an american and you value your food <laughs> maybe it's just me everybody else seemed to enjoy it but like it was if you picture like an outdoor restaurant kind of like in a barn but not really in a barn but like it was open and there was, because, you know, Tur uh, Turkey and Greece, we mentioned Cyprus, there's cats. So there was cats in this restaurant. And they brought the food out family style. And it was cold. <laughs> yeah, there there were definitely some so, serve safe concerns from the food people. Yeah. But, um, so the food, like, I, I ate some. I did not pig out for sure. Um i was just yeah there was there's some okay things they served us yeah. some pretty it was very similar to greek food um yeah there was you know there was some chicken there was uh some mediterranean style vegetables um french fries i'm looking at this picture yeah they're the like, most american kind of well things. they're like a steak fry steak fries mm -hmm. and um so like root vegetables basically it's one of their yeah. things there was this like tomato paste thing that was really spicy there um which was actually pretty good yeah. And then, of course, they served baklava mm -hmm. at the end. Um, Bodrum also had, and I'm just looking back at the picture, you were talking about, I think, one of the days we were, or the day we were driving home, the um, grooved pavement, you know, coming home. Mm. But, like, Bodrum actually has these, like, grooved pavements where they actually have tire tracks in them. So, like... It, that's a little different too than what we're used to where it's yeah. like there's actual tire tracks in the road um but yeah i mean um that was basically like our fun little adventure out in in bodrum turkey yeah it was a full day um yep lots of lots of tour lots of stuff it was a quite the drive from the port out to uh Miletus. i fell asleep on the bus on the way back which would have been easy to do. I guess yeah. it was a long day. Yeah. But, um, I guess we'll, we will pray and uh, we'll turn it over to Mr. Adam Hamilton so you can hear what he has to say about Miletus and what happened there and what Paul said there. And uh, we will talk to y'all soon after that. I think our next episode will be about Ephesus. Ephesus, yeah. Our, 
our second day in Turkey. Yeah. But uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Um, thank you so much. Uh, thank you personally for the opportunities to to be able to travel and be able to um, see your word come to life and to just try and glorify you in different ways. Thank you for all the opportunities that we have here um, and all the just the comforts and the first world living that we have. Um, things have been developed that too often we use to be distracted from you instead of focused on how we can glorify you more and grow your kingdom more. Lord, help us to just do that and be just that. Um, for anybody listening to this that, that just doesn't know you and doesn't know what to do next, Lord, I, I pray that you just you give us or somebody in their lives or them some way to just take that next step into knowing you um, and to making that just huge um, eternal decision to to know you and to know what you've provided for us and to know salvation, Lord. Um, anybody listening that does know you, I just pray that whatever that happens next after listening to this, that that fire just is ignited and just all-consuming within them for you and for glorifying you, Lord. We pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Um, yeah, so we will try and get back on our regular schedule. And so next week we will talk about Ephesus and have some cool stuff for you in the meantime. And uh, who knows whether it's next week or the week after. Hopefully we'll be recording from our new studio and potentially maybe soon. Uh, adding a YouTube video element to it. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that, and it kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, we don't want to get too comfortable. Yeah. But um, we love you all. Uh, tell, keep telling all your friends. Uh, share us on Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, Spotify, Apple. Like, thumbs up, subscribe, follow, all the cool stuff. And um, we will talk to you soon. Have a good night. Good night. Day, for the chance to be in this place, to walk in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. We've come to grow in our faith, to understand Scripture more clearly, that we might be the people you long for us to be. Open our ears to hear to receive all that you have for us today. Now let's join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm going to stand particularly close to you guys, and both because I love you, but I want them to be able to hear you. But tell us your names and what church you're from and where you're from. Uh, my name is Steve. This is my son, Grayson. Y'all can hear me, right? I'm loud. Yes. Yeah. So we're from a little, we're from a town in New Jersey called Ocean Grove. Has anyone been here? Yeah. All right, so. Angie uh, put this trip together uh, for the people from Ocean Grove who wanted to come and visit the Holy Land, which we're still in the Holy Land, amen? Yeah. Amen. Right, so, um, so that's me. This is my son, Grayson, and...
25 plus years now, and um, I am a director of uh, the Ocean Grove Worship Collective. That's what OGWC means on my hat. So um, I have a collective of about 30. Uh, I want to take you back. I want to take you back to Paul's conversion. So Christ is crucified, resurrected. We learned the time frame of his life probably means he was crucified, resurrected around uh, the year 30, and uh, and and ascended to heaven. His disciples, the commission to all the world. Then shortly after that, as the church explodes in Jerusalem, uh, the uh, disciples begin to be arrested. Uh, they try to be the the leadership tries to suppress their testimony. And there's one young man who comes to Jerusalem. He studied there in Jerusalem under Gamaliel, named Saul. And Saul wants to make a name for himself. He's I I see him as I read it in the scriptures, somebody who was driven, somebody who had ambition, somebody who wanted to make a name for himself. And he says, you know what, I'll help you up. Uh, give me papers, and I'll go arrest them. I'll put them in prison, these followers of the way. They weren't called Christians yet, followers of the way. I'm going to find the follower of the way. And you remember, he was, after he had allowed Stephen to be put to death, uh, one of the deacons of the church, he makes his way to Damascus go to the synagogue and to arrest any followers of Jesus. And at this point, the followers of Jesus were Jews who believed in the Messiah. And so he's on his way to Damascus. You remember the story. He's knocked on his horse. He's blinded. He hears this voice coming out of heaven saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads or the pointed sticks. I've been trying to goad you into following me. And so far, you haven't paid attention. But now I'm going to get your attention. And it's time for you to repent and to follow me. One of the great evidences of the Christian faith, in my opinion, in addition to a lot of other things we can make the case for, is the Apostle Paul himself. He wasn't persuaded, as we learned the other day, but persuaded by carefully crafted arguments about why Jesus was the Messiah. He was converted because he had an encounter with the risen Christ. And it was undeniable for him. And from that time on, he begins to try to make sense of what he experienced when Christ spoke to him. And, and challenged him and blinded him. And shortly after that, you remember Ananias comes and, and, and the Lord spoke to Ananias. I need you to go find a man named Saul. He's blind right now. I need you to tell him that I love him. I need you to tell him the good news. And then I need you to baptize him and his eyes will be open. And that's exactly what happened. All right, so that's around 35. And Paul's probably 25. So he's a young man. And he's going to devote. So he's going to go off. We learned he went off for as long as 17 years, where exactly the time frames don't line his epistles. But he's going to be off. He's going to be trying to make sense of what happened in Damascus, in the Nabataean wilderness. Uh, he's going to go back to Tarsus after he goes to Jerusalem, and, and people are a little afraid to trust him. Barnabas finally says, Come on, you can trust this guy. And then the people want to kill him. And this is a re repeated refrain in Paul's life people want to kill him. So he goes back to Tarsus and he stays there for years. And he's ministering around Tarsus. In the southeastern side. And then he's called by Barnabas to come to Antioch, where there were Gentiles who were beginning to come to faith. And Paul goes there and he ministers for a year. And amazing things happen. People start to follow Christ because of his testimony. And, uh, and there's, you know, he goes to Jerusalem at one point uh, because there's some debate about whether the Gentiles have to be circumcised by the law or not. So, so there's conflict that's going on there. Paul's in the middle of conflict all the time. So finally, he ends up leaving from, uh, he goes back to Antioch, and the, and the elders there say, we think God is calling you to go take the gospel <laughs> to the Gentiles in the rest. And that begins his missionary journey. It's the first one around 49, and he takes a pretty small missionary journey. He goes to where you were, the other day, and he goes to 
goes up through the heart of Turkey, or what's now Turkey, and uh, into the region of Galatia, and he preaches the gospel there. I had the joy of going there some years ago uh, with our guide, Hakan, and uh, before I was writing the book, The Call. So uh, he goes there, and he begins to preach, and, and at places he's beaten, at places he's stoned, and stoned as stoned to death, or nearly stoned to death, and, and you know, so each place he goes, he ends up having to leave town, because he's exposed, but in the process, there are a few people that come to faith, maybe more than a few, and he comes back, and later, he goes back, he ends up writing his first letter, probably the letter to the Galatians, to try to encourage them to keep the faith, and so then he goes on his second missionary journey, and this time he goes a bit further than he'd gone before, in fact, he ends up See, so he makes his way across the country. He ends up going north into Philippi and what's today Europe, and uh, and and crosses around the Aegean Sea, which is what we're going to see in the next couple of days. And then he makes his way back and uh, and again testifies to what happened on that second missionary journey, third missionary journey, and that's where we are today. It's the end of the third missionary journey. So he's gone and he spends uh, on the second missionary journey. He spends a year and a half month. on the third missionary journey. He spends two years and three months in, in Ephesus. And as he's preparing to go back to Jerusalem, he's sending letters to all of the churches saying, I'm coming to see you, and the, and the believers back in Jerusalem are struggling, and we're going to help them. And so I need you to set aside until I come to see you. I need, to, need you to set aside funds, whatever you can, give cheerfully, but I want you to set aside funds for the disciples of our church back in Jerusalem. It's interesting that we weren't able to go there, but we see that the, that the people in Palestine and Israel are in trouble today, too. And so all we've been able to do is pray for them. But So, uh, so he says that he has to do this, then he goes back and he visits all of the churches that he started, and he receives the offering. And there's several other folks who are with him. And he ends up uh, he ends up on his way back. He is, um, he is not going to go to Ephesus. He wants to go to Ephesus to see the elders. That's where he spent the longest period of time, two years and three months. But he's in a hurry to get back to Jerusalem before Pentecost. But what he's doing every church he visits is the Holy Spirit is saying prophetically to him, you're not going to live much longer. You're going to go to Jerusalem, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be, uh, I don't know if he the words he was going to be taken to Rome. He just knew that it was not going to end well for him. And so he wants to speak to the Ephesian leaders one last time, to the you know the core of the leadership at the church at Ephesus. And so he, so he comes to Miletus, where you're, where you're at now. And, he, and he's at the port, perhaps right the other side of this uh, theater. And he's there, and he sends word for the leaders of Ephesus to come here. It would have been a day's walk, maybe two days' walk, depending on how fast they were walking, what they were doing. If they were riding horses a day, if they were walking two days, perhaps, or a day and a half. And uh, if they took a ship, uh, maybe somewhere in between those two, because they had to get to the harbor and out. In any case, uh, Paul's here, and he's here for a couple of days. He's probably here for four or five days. During that period of time, it's likely he went to where we're going to go next, uh, to Didyma. And so I anticipate he probably went there as well. But we know here that the elders finally came. I want to read you the passage from Acts chapter 20, verses 17 and following. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. When Luke talks about the Jews, I just want to remind you, sometimes it can sound negative, but he uses that term to describe those who are opposing Jesus, or opposing Paul, but Paul himself was a Jew. Almost all of those disciples were Jews, so the term was not helpful later, but it certainly was aimed at pointing to the Jewish Christians who opposed him, and the Jews who were not Christians who opposed him. 
You'll remember that at every town that Paul went and preached, people followed after him who were Jewish Christians who believed people needed to be circumcised. And so he had opposition from Christians. He had opposition from those who were not Christians of the Jewish faith. And he said this, You know that I have not, uh, I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. So we get the essence of Paul's message. Repent, that is to think differently, to have a change of mind which leads to a change of heart, which leads to a change of behavior, and follow Jesus. God sent Jesus, follow Jesus, have a change of heart, mind, and behavior. And, uh, and now he says this, that now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I love this, however I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And he's going to do that with his life. In the end, you remember the word testify. Testify in Greek is martyria. He's going, to, he's going to testify with his life in the end. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. So these are his final words to this group. And this is the final testimony before he's arrested that we find in the book of Acts. So he says, Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all people, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Then he speaks to these leaders once more, and so for those of you who are pastors and leaders in your churches, he says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, people will rise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit to you, God, and now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs. Remember, he was making tents, and he, he and his friends were doing that to pay for their own needs. Um, to supply my own needs and, in the need, and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. And now we have a quote from Jesus that appears nowhere in the Gospels, only in Paul's pre, uh, sermon here, which reminds us there's a lot that Jesus said that we don't have written down in the Gospels. But here it is. It is more blessed to give than to receive. On the count of three, will you say that? One, two, three. It is more blessed to give than to The context of that is Paul's taking an offering to help the poor believers in Jerusalem who are struggling. And he's saying this as he's preparing to offer his own life. He's describing the fact that they are to help the weak. This is what he's tried to do, is to help the weak. Uh, not all of you are United Methodists, but many of you are. And the thing I love about United Methodism is that our faith is never separated from our actions. That we believe and we trust in Christ, and then we're called to go serve the community and the world. Yesterday I was speaking to our guide in... Uh, we had a guide in, in uh, Santorini, and he's Greek Orthodox. And I said, you know, so are you active in, in your church? And he said, I was when I was a kid growing up. But he said, it seems like the churches today in my country, the Greek Orthodox churches, are primarily concerned about themselves and about, uh, about the priests sort of giving leadership to the people who are there. And they seem to do nothing to help the poor and those who are in need. I thought that was so interesting. Here's a guy who has some faith. But what he felt was the church was only in it for itself and not concerned about people outside the walls of the church. 
and every church should be like this, but certainly United Methodist, this is at the heart of our gospel. It's a gospel that calls us to transform our hearts and lives by following Christ, and then by the Holy Spirit sends us out into the world, not just to tell people about Jesus, but to show the love of Christ to people. To care for the weak, and to serve the poor and those who are need. When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him. What grieved them the most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship, which might have been, again, just the other side. And we put out to sea. So I wanted you to hear the words of Paul here, and I wanted you to think about what Paul is saying. He wants to make sure that they know several things. That they know that we call to repent and to faith in Christ that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, and that they are called to serve the weak and those who are in need in the communities around them. And he's going saying, my life, the man who, whose ambition had led him to want to persecute Christians, at this point he says, my life doesn't matter to me anymore. All I want is to testify to Christ with my life. I mentioned to you the other day this prayer in our Q&A session. He tweaked it a bit. But it goes like this, I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what you will, rank me with whom you will, put me to doing, or put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee, or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee, or brought low for thee. Let me be full, or let me be empty. Let me have all things, or let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And thou, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it in the covenant I've made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. And I said, there's just a, a really simple, shorter version of that. On your knees in the morning, as I did this morning on the ship, here I am, God. Send me. Every single day of our lives is a mission from God. Every single day is an opportunity. And there are people in our mission field that will pay attention, who need a word of encouragement or care or need a handout or a hand up or need simply to be smiled at or loved. And I want to remind you, of, actually, most of you would know the story, but there was a fellow on, uh, I, I heard his testimony some years ago. He described how he struggled with depression, and he continues to struggle with depression. <clears throat> and he lived in California. He decided one day that this was going to be it. This is going to be the last of his life. He walked to the Golden Gate Bridge. Did I tell you the story the other day? No, okay. So he walked to the Golden Gate Bridge in, in San Francisco. And as he walked there, he made this promise. He said, God, if you have anybody who talks to me and smiles at me and is friendly to me, I won't jump. But if nobody talks to me and smiles at me and is not friendly with me, I'm jumping over the bridge. And he said, I walked down there and nobody talked to me. The one person who talked to me asked me to get to take their camera and take a picture and didn't even say thank you. And nobody smiled at me. And he said, okay, that's it. And he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. He was one of a handful of people who survived that. He ended up with, I think, 16 broken bones, nearly drowned, and there was a boat down there and pulled him out. But I thought to, you know, I thought to myself when I heard his story, you know, the mission for somebody that day on the Golden Gate Bridge was to stop taking pictures and to pay attention to the people who were around them. And so I want to remind you, it's not just Paul that's called to the mission field. We're all called to the mission field. And there are places every single day there's opportunities for you to bless or to care for or even just to smile at somebody and say hello. And God brings those people across our path. The key is, are we paying attention? All right. I, I want to end with a prayer, but before I do that, I want to encourage you to uh, the beauty of what you had a chance to do today. <coughs> and it'll be even more profound in, in Ephesus and even cooler when we get to Athens and Corinth. Is today on the bus, you were driving through Turkey off the coast. Most people are on a ship and they go to the ruins, they go back. But you were on a, on a bus for about an hour, yeah. hour and 20 minutes. 
So did you see the mountains on either side? Yeah. Was that, is that how you picture Turkey? Yeah. Lakes, mountains. Okay, Paul walks thousands of miles across these mountains. There are mountains all across the southern ridge of Turkey, across the northern ridge, and almost the entire eastern side of Turkey are mountains. He's walking across those mountains. He's walking for, he can maybe walk 20, 20 miles in a day. So when he's walking 20 miles in a day, what's he doing? He's not checking his email, and he's not listening to a podcast. You know what he's doing? Is he's thinking, and he's praying. And if he has friends with him, he's talking about the faith, and he's working out his theology, and he's spending time. He says, pray without ceasing, and this is what he's doing when he's out there walking, is thinking and praying and pondering and meditating upon these things. But I wanted you to look, as you're going back, look out the windows, and I want you to take some pictures. Like, this is the territory Paul walked through from 49 to around... Uh, uh, somewhere close to 48 or 58 or so before he was arrested in Jerusalem, 58 or 59. So you have a chance to see when you read in Acts and Paul went from here to there. It took him days to get there. And he went across mountains to get there. And you can see that now. So I want you to, I want to pay attention. And then look around the ruins here once more. Not all of this was here at the time of Paul, and it looked much different. But you've had a chance to come where that speech was made. And that's part of the power of coming to the Holy Lands is to see, to experience, to read the Bible differently. All right, we're going to pray together. Would you bow in prayer with me? God, once more, we thank you for the story of Paul at Miletus. We thank you for his faith transformed when he had an encounter with you that he could not deny. And we pray that we might be open to our encounters with you. They may not be as dramatic as, as Paul's encounter, but we pray as we sing and as we pray and as we hear, we're here walking in this land, that we might meet you here, that we might hear your voice calling us. And that all of us might look at every single day that we live, as Paul did, that today I'm in mission for Christ. I am not my own, but yours. Do with me whatever you want. Help us to be those kind of Christians, no matter what the cost, to bear witness to your love and grace. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.